We've got our blankets over there. We've got our box forts right here. It's time to talk about cool nerdy stuff with me, Aludra, and Ben over there. Yeah, because boy, oh boy, we're not going to talk about weather at the beginning of the show, but let's just say no blankets this time. Oh, I keep facilitating between needing blankets and then being too hot under the blanket. Yeah, that's what air conditioning's for. I've got that's awesome... when the air conditioning's on. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, hi Aludra, how are you doing? Hey, hey Ben, I'm doing great. I'm so tired. Me too. I am so tired. So I bet you I'm tired for a more fun reason than you are, though. Yeah, let me just—I'll fill you in on me. I'm tired because uh, work is overwhelming sometimes. Mm. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, Anyways, that uh, sucks, Ben. That sucks yeah yeah it, it it is but i will tell you though i got a nice kind of day off yesterday uh because they're copying my laptop and sending me a new one mm-hmm. and so basically they're like okay cool uh we're gonna start the copying process go ahead and walk away from the computer we'll call you when it's done and if you don't hear from us by the time we're off just let it go overnight so i said okay so then i walked away from the computer over to the fun desk and uh, worked on my R2-D2 project that's been going on for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got a whole front panel all set up and stuff with like things. Ooh. And I've tested sensors on it. And I also have tested the motor that opens up as little flappy things. Mm-hmm. And so I got it. I went through two boxes yesterday. So eight steps total. And it took me all day to do that. Which is really wow. cool. Wow. Yeah, but when you're done, you're going to have your own R2-D2. I know, and I am so close to being done, too. So um, because of shipping issues and stuff, like where boxes was just kind of like not actually be delivered to my apartment, mm-hmm. um, I ended up starting to send them over to my parents' house because mm-hmm. it's like, that's a house. It's not going to get mixed up with the three apartment complexes that surround my apartment complex, as well as, you know, the other apartments that are around here. So my mom has, uh, or my parents have one of them right now. And then once I get that, that's going to get me to steps, uh, to step 92 or no, no, to step, sorry, to step 94. And there's a total of a hundred steps. So I am like two more boxes away from being done. That's like the finish line, Ben. I remember when we were talking about when you started this. Yeah. In fact, here, let me, I got right here. Here's just the, the metal framework of his body. Right here. Guys, so you know, it looks like an erector set. Yeah. And then so these two bits right here, these are his head sensors to know like when his head is going to be centered. Ah. Yeah. See, they have wires. So there's electronics and everything. And then yeah. Nevermore is bringing over the front panels that I finished yesterday. Which are two D2 belly looking pretty good, except this door mm-hmm. that flops open because uh, the the piece inside that holds the 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 hinge is Mm -hmm. very, very fragile. And when I was turning a screw, it broke off. So I super glued it. So it's not super great at staying closed, but it's okay. Cause that's what tape is for or glue or Mm -hmm. something. Once I actually get the whole thing together. So yeah, it's, it's coming along real nice. And like, I'm pretty much at the part where um, I'm just going to be put in like the final touches on it soon. And I'm really excited about this. Cause this has been like a a couple years in the making. Yeah, it has. So when do they send you the guinea pig? Um, that is actually the last step because you need to have the whole okay. thing complete first. Because um, uh-huh. otherwise, you know, he, he doesn't have his, his self-contained <laughs> like power suit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the real hard part is going to be hooking him up to that digestive tract. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That that went dark. I just meant a guinea pig running on a big wheel inside to make him go. But you you had to like set up a digestive tract system and now I'm sad. Yeah, me too. But uh that's because the guinea pig is way too big to go in there in a wheel. If it was a bigger R2, I would have gone along with it, but instead I veered sharply. Mm-hmm. And now that we're oh. talking about guinea pigs, Skitty's all like, what are you talking about? New guinea toys? pigs. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I was tired. Um, you said that you were tired, but it was going to be something more fun. Like, what could that possibly be? Well, first off, I blew out my knee. So oh, that's bet, really exhausting, man. That's super tiring. Because yeah. anytime you want to move, it's like, oh, it's going to take three times the effort that it normally would. Exactly. But no, it was worth it. Yes, I just said blowing out your knee is worth it because I went to Comic-Con in my neighborhood. Guys, That's they awesome. had a Comic-Con, not a 15-minute drive from my house. That is really great. Okay, so first of all, did they actually call it Comic-Con? Comic-Con Revolution. Oh, yes. okay. Because I know that uh, we had to change the one in Phoenix multiple times, the name, because San Diego Comic-Con was suing anybody who used the term Comic-Con. Well, I don't know about Comic-Con politics. The least I know, I mean, the only thing I know about this is Revolution is because there weren't very many protections for cosplayers. Now, I could be wrong. But they have a very stringent harassment uh, policy that that I got to see in action, actually. That's good. That's very good. Yeah. I'm always happy to hear that. At the end of uh, the first day, I was waiting for my ride to come around and get us because, I mean, I blew out my knee. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, while we were waiting for the, the, the kids to come and get us in the car, uh, this guy was on a rant. Him and two of his buddies were being escorted out by staff. Yes. Like, not only out of the building, but off the block. Oh, wow. And, yeah. They walked him to a crosswalk, and that was not a short walk. And he's <laughs> ranting, like, oh, what? Anybody can just say it's harassment without proof? And this guy looked like the kind of guy who grabbed a cosplayer in a skin. Yeah. He looked like a villain and his his words weren't helping him he's like what no one needs proof anymore i'm like dude this convention center was so packed that a parking was a problem and b um like it's wall-to-wall -wall humanity in this convention like mm -hmm. it's just people everywhere so i'm sure there were a ton of witnesses but no this guy got his uh stuff revoked he was kicked off the good. property he That's was good man you love to see it because there's so many guys who are like oh she's wearing a short skirt you know she's asking for it exactly you no know, she's not she's dressing up as a character and she should feel safe mm -hmm. so i'm i'm really happy to see that in action you know Oh, this, and this guy was all bluster. He was even a bit bigger than the two escorting him out, but they were able to just get him out. Like, because he was just all talk. And he was like 50 years old, man. 50 uh, years old, looking skeevy. See, yeah. the thing is, is if your defense is, oh, yeah, you're just going to believe anyone, that automatically saying, hey, you're guilty. Yeah. Like, okay, so big group of people. Something happens and like if it's by accident, you immediately are like aware and like I am so sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As opposed to 
like touch your grab there. I'm like, no, that's just not mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So I was really happy to see how safe everybody was because um, we brought uh, Minion 2 and his bestie Dodo. Mm-hmm. And uh, the kids, of course, they split off. They're young adults. They don't need to be around old yeah, exactly. people at a convention. They've got their own interests. I wanted to wait in a 40, 40 hour long line. And, you know, they don't want to do that. So um, I, it's just reaffirming that they were safe out there. Yeah. And I really appreciated that you know i do too especially since at least at, at uh the, the phoenix comic on here i mean from what i've seen they're usually pretty good um mm-hmm. i mean it's been a year or two since we've gone but i can only think that they've gotten better but like a lot of the the, the people who cosplay are you know kind of younger so mm-hmm. having that sort of protection and everything around them is is fantastic and i'm very happy to hear that it's definitely something that's spreading a whole lot speaking of younger we had three children's cosplay groups oh wow that were guests at oh, this that's event. cool. Yeah. So you don't want them being exposed to creeps. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, but no, I was so happy to see all these kids cosplaying and stuff. And there was a corgi dressed up as C3 or R2D2. That a would be my of, favorite. A couple of wacky but well-behaved Deadpool cosplayers. One just about melted getting to pet this corgi. He was so <laughs> excited to pet the corgi. Yeah. So that, that that's one of the things that you have to watch out actually is Deadpool cosplayers because mm-hmm. sometimes they're like, "I'm in a Deadpool costume, I can do whatever," which yeah. is no, that's not how yeah. that works. No, but, that's not at all. Yeah, but uh, at the same time though, R two D two corgi would. Yeah. He was so happy to be there, this dog. He was so excited. Oh, man. There were so many cool things. I don't even, I can't even parse it all to tell you. (laughs) I, I get that. Now, anytime that we've we've uh, gone here and stuff, there's, you know, I'm just the cosplayers alone is just a, a treat to see. Yeah. But then like Artist Alley with all the different like independent artists and all the stuff that they do, um, mm-hmm. meeting any sort of like actual like comic creators that are you know, you're a big fan of and stuff is great. Yep. Um, so authors cool. are really great to meet mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, in fact, I had uh, uh, one time I got to meet Timothy Zahn and he was there. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. He, he was there and he was in the line. He was next to Chris Claremont, the Chris Claremont, the guy I was there to see. And it was so funny because his line was like non existent <laughs> compared. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny because uh, uh, Thrax actually does not like Timothy Zahn at all. Oh, he really? He does not like his works. Not a bit. Oh, wow. He's given them so many tries like it's like eggnog in him like Mm -hmm. every year he tries eggnog and we tell him to stop because he's wasting our eggnog (laughs) and we're sick of it you know Mm -hmm. uh but yeah he's given this guy so many chances and his writing just doesn't click with him and i'm like nope you can't get in that line and tell him he sucks you cannot do that (laughs) he is here and you know oh there's so many stories like timothy zahn actually did a really nice thing in front of everybody, uh, there was a person who was um, not quite an adult in an adult's body. Mm-hmm. I'm trying yeah. to find a nice way to say it. Um, and he and his elderly mother were in Timothy Zahn's line. And this kid was, I shouldn't call him a kid, but this guy That's was fine. so excited. 
he was so excited. He was in like a homemade, like you could really tell homemade uh, outfit. And he was so excited to meet Timothy Zahn. And the guy stopped everything and looked at the art he drew. And uh, yeah, and he posed for pictures. And his mom was like, this is the most excited I've ever seen him. And, you know, complimenting him and stuff. So that was like really heartwarming. Yeah, and it's. It's really nice to see that even if you don't like their works, they're still really good people yeah. too. You know, no, everything that I've, I've, I mean, I've, I've met the guy and every and stuff. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's in a public place, so who knows? Privately, whatever. But I mean, he's he's always seemed to be pretty stand up. And like my big thing is, uh, he wrote the kind of the first Star Wars trilogy that took place like after the original trilogy. This was like mm-hmm. back when, like in the '90s or something, when yeah, they were finally yeah. starting to to license the books and everything. And I I adore that first trilogy like so much. I've read it mm-hmm. so many times. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm getting choked up thinking about it. So that like I brought my copy of Heir to the Empire, which is the first book. And I mean, it mm-hmm. is the spine's just cracked all down. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's obviously been read mo- many, many times. And uh, a friend of mine who came with me, like, you know, brought bought a book and then was getting him to sign mm-hmm. it. And so I handed mine. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's not like as new. And he's like, Oh no, I love seeing this in my books. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. It's okay. Feel better now. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've got a oh. very worn version of air of the empire that he signed, which is really cool. But anyway, yeah. so I bet it was really cool for him to see too. I mean, as an author, yeah, I, I was actually debating because me and my brother, when we were teenagers or preteens end of elementary beginning of middle school we got is when we discovered comic books mm-hmm. and um we couldn't afford the nice comic books but the the local comic book store that was there when we were kids did this thing for two dollars you could get a blind bag of comic books that were you know just not worth very much but yeah. the guy always threw in some nice gems and stuff but just stuff he couldn't move and it was like two inches thick full of comic books. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And some of them were like total crap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I have one volume of the Marvel or DC encyclopedia and it's like <laughs> C through F. Like it, it's yeah. nothing. It is no one that anybody would know. And, uh, but that's what really got us turned on because these stories were just so great. Mm-hmm. And, so I still have those, actually. It's one of the few things from my childhood I still have. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so I was, like, really agonizing because I, I wanted to get books signed by Chris Claremont, the guy who wrote all the stories that me and my brother loved when we were teenagers, did all this stuff for, like, 16 years. He was, like, the guy at Marvel writing all the stories mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was, like... And so I'm going through the comics and uh, Minion 2 and his bestie Dodo, they were like watching me go through these comics going, he didn't write this, but he wrote all of these. And then winnowing down from there, some of these are really torn up. And uh, Minion was like, yeah, but that's what they want to see is that you love this thing to death. So that made me feel a little better about getting comics that... uh, you know, yeah, aren't in the best condition and such. Exactly, it's so. like you're not collecting; you're enjoying. Yeah, and, and nothing against yeah. collectors because obviously they enjoy it as well. Yeah, but no, yeah. my my brother actually is a, a pretty hardcore collector. He has a funny story where he bought a comic off of a store, 
and they sent him the wrong one. <laughs> they sent him a highly graded Thor's first appearance ever. Oh, oh my. Yeah. And he looked at it and went, technically, I could keep this. And they had, when they realized the thing, they were e already emailing him. Like, yeah. <laughs> so he took some photos of it and with it, but did send it back because he didn't want to be that guy mm -hmm. <laughs> who would end up like not welcome anywhere because of this <laughs> exactly. mistake. Yeah. Oh, man. A highly graded mm -hmm. Doors Horse appearance would go for quite a bit right now. More than he had. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was able to get a couple of our childhood uh, books signed and I got one for my brother and yeah, it's going to be a gift to him, but he doesn't listen. So he, he won't know, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really cool just seeing how many lives this guy touched, you know, mm -hmm. oh, and definitely. he was old. He was an older gentleman too. So he just randomly stop everything and read a comic book that somebody handed him. Like there was a guy in the front and this line did not move like at all. So on the first day, we, we looked yeah, down so, on the so second he was, day. So he's really interacting with people and stuff. Oh yeah. He, even, the ones, even the ones who weren't paying for the extra for interacting with, mm -hmm. it was just like, he, somebody handed him a book that he didn't write. And he was like, and he's like, I, the, the poor guy was like, I know, I know, but it, it's just, it's a comic that means a lot to me and you're here and I'd like it signed. And he, so he went through page by page and pointed out all the art he hated in this guy's <laughs> comic book. <laughs> and, and, you know, while we're on the topic, uh, the guy who wrote a lot of Gambit stories and some other things, that guy was mean. Oh, really? Like, he was just in a booth and he was drawing the whole time. And so... The first day, me and Thrax, we showed up and we were looking, but then he got into an argument with somebody about something. And it, they wanted to buy one of his blank books, but get somebody else to draw on it. And he's like, no. Oh, yeah, no, you don't do that. taking a commission from me. I'm not doing that. And this was going on and on. So we just smiled politely and left. But he had like this big four-inch stack of sketches that he had drawn. And so on the second day, Thrax went back because we were looking for something uh, something else for my brother mm -hmm. and the guy who who wrote gambit which is one of my brother's favorite x-men uh you know that'd be a really cool sketch so of course we're going through the sketches right yeah. like to see what's there and to buy one and the guy's like buy something now or leave oh jesus and thrax laughed because he was like haha yeah i'm trying to buy something i just need to find the right thing to suit because we were there to buy it yeah. wasn't a question of are we going to spend money it was we are spending money we just need to find the thing yeah exactly i mean it's and not like, it's not like said, you want to just randomly just pull from a pile and be like this is it it could be a character you don't know could be a situation you definitely don't want art of you know it could be mm -hmm. anything yeah so fax laughs and looks at him he's giving him a death stare and he's like, no, you don't deserve my money or my business. Like, I understand if this place was packed and he was holding up a line. There was no one there and we found the reason. Yeah. No kidding. That's BS. It really was. So I was really disappointed with that interaction at all. Now, I mean, just to get the, the final notice here, you didn't buy anything from him, right? Mm -mm. Okay, good. No, we were going to. Yeah. Like, we had gone to this booth with the intent oh, to yeah. throw no, down I, money. I get that. But, yeah, as soon as someone acts like that, it's like, 
Okay, screw you. You apparently don't need my money. Yeah, you apparently don't want me to buy something. Because if you're going to draw four inches, and that was just at the end of the first day, it was four inches Mm -hmm. of sketching. So he is obviously just spending all his time sketching, which is fine. Good for you, sir. But to get a sketch of a character, we we wanted a Gambit sketch. (laughs) And there there was just no looking for one, apparently. Yeah, no, that's, that's no good. That's no. Good. So what what comic did you get uh, signed yourself? Oh, I got the one where Rogue joined the X-Men. Oh. And he invented Rogue and everything. And I really like the stories uh, around that character. She she was my favorite X-Men growing up and probably still is, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I got I had the issue where she joined the X-Men. That is cool. Yeah, and, you know, it was, like, all strife because Carol Danvers was an X-Man and she had, like, literally stolen her mind. Mm -hmm. So, oh, my gosh, all this drama. And, you know, so Carol Danvers quit because she was going insane because of the two two minds fighting for control. And throughout the 80s, that was a lot of the rogue conflict was everyone she absorbed powers from stays in her head. Mm -hmm. Just to what degree. Yeah, and the fact so, that she she drained Carol so much that she got her entire personality and her powers stayed permanent. Yeah, yeah. So throughout the 80s, there was a lot of, you know, is it Rogue or is it Carol? Or is it Rogue or is it Carol? And yeah. Very cool. So, no, that's yeah, a good so, one to, to, to get signed. Yeah. And then for my brother, I got, hold on, because... When they redid all the X-Men stuff in the 90s, there was mm-hmm. a new X-Men number one. Yeah. And I've got the original comic. It, it folds out to four. And then when they did reprints, you had to buy each of the four yep. panel I remember covers. that. <laughs> so me and my brother actually had a few of these. And we made posters out of the cover. Very cool. And, and out of the art and stuff. And we just hang them up on our walls. But... That one is the last one, I think, that we had. And we'd always fight and and gamble about, you know, which comic books we had and such. Mm-hmm. And we, we didn't really use, like, the pricing guides, like, seriously. But it gave us, like, okay, if you're going to gamble, this is a $5 comic as opposed to this 50-cent comic. So yeah. we, we knew roughly what they were worth back then. Yeah, of course. I have no, no idea now. But... It's not in the best condition, but I had him sign that one, and that's for my brother, too. That's, so that's really cool. cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw a copy of this thing for, like, $60 mm-hmm. at the on the floor. But then I also found a $2 copy, and they looked <laughs> identical. So who knows what it is worth. Well, the $2, or $2 I mean, it might have been a reprint of some sorts. Because... No, it was the whole, the whole panel thing, and when they did okay. reprints. They changed the background color from green to pink, oh. and then individually, it's four different comic. Maybe book some covers. kid drew in it or something. <laughs> Maybe, but <laughs> I was just like, man. Yeah. So, what else did you do there? Okay, so there was this guy, and he was yelling a lot, and so of course everybody stops <laughs> to look. And he, no, he was a vendor, so it was fine, and uh, it was for Friars Dice, which okay. is. Really cute. They have this logo where it obviously said Liar's Dice and they corrected it to say Friar's <laughs> Dice. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. 
And what it was, it, it was a D&D adventure you could do really quick to win dice. Oh, now, nice. $10 would get you a $10 set, but if you did the adventure, it'd be blind. Okay. And if you got a nat 20, then they'd upgrade it to a $40 set. Ooh. Okay, that's And then cool. the $40 adventure was uh, a 40, you guaranteed a blind bag of a $40 adventure dice or if you hit a nat 20 you could get one of their hundred dollar dice sets and if you hit a nat one you'd get a metal dice set with blood splattered all over it (laughs) that's cool yeah so i went for the whole adventure because that was all my money Mm -hmm. (laughs) but dice adventure let me tell you when you tell people you play a goliath bard they do stop and look at you funny yeah, I, I kind of get the feeling about that. <laughs> so the first part of the adventure was going to the Friars to get the map uh, mm-hmm. to a legendary weapon. And he's like, what kind of weapon do you want? My mind's blank. This guy's yelling. People are staring. But I really, that's, it's just being put on the spot sometimes makes you just freeze. And I went, I want a scimitar. <laughs> he's like, okay. That's fine. Uh, he didn't put together I'm a, I'm a swords bard. But uh, so I got a dice set from the Friars. I rolled a two. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, and that's right next to the 20. See? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, I know where 20 is on a dice. And it's a it's a purpley blue set. It's kind of swirled together. It looks just like um, the set that Minu 2 got me for Christmas. So oh, I'm like, cool. cool. So I know I like that. You were allowed to feel around in the little blind bags and all the colors, and a lot of them were mini dice sets, and mini dice bother me. No, so, not a fan. Uh, I don't want it. I'm too so old. Then I, yeah. Right? Uh, it's like, I'm going to lose them. My cat's going to eat it. I just, I can't. And after I roll, I can't see what it says. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm really happy because, you know, obviously I like it, so that's cool but then the big adventure is when you face the dragon of course and yeah so i'm facing this dragon he's narrating an adventure about you know ducking and diving and swerving and weaving and all that and then at the end i I didn't get the nat 20 so i didn't get to pick the set i got or get a the upgrade Mm -hmm. but you get to pick a dragon's egg and this is how you blind pick the the really expensive ones and they're 3D printed and they're really nice. And I went for this purpley green one that kind of it's it's like an iridescent purple green or yeah, blue green. Yeah, as you're spinning it on the camera right there, mm-hmm. I can see the color change. That's really neat. Yeah. So it, it's it's 3D printed. I love it. It's great. I pick it up and I'm like, wow, this is heavy. Like, I didn't expect it to weigh that There's much. There's metal dice in there. There are metal dice in there. Nice. I got a set of shiny metal dice. Ooh. Very in- looking very cool um i was so excited because i like picked the prettiest egg to me and i got a metal dice set and a metal dice set alone for 50 dollars is a really great deal that is so so i'm happy i got to do an adventure i didn't kill the dragon but i stole one of his eggs (laughs) there you go that's important And i faced off from the dragon and he was like man you're just dancing around that 20 aren't you because i like rolled all the numbers (laughs) around 20 but not 20 yeah and i I figured even if i rolled a one that's a really cool dice set anyway so exactly it was metal too just blood 
Yeah, so it was really cool. I had a lot of fun doing that. I was really glad I did it. So that's awesome. Guys, make a spectacle of yourself sometimes. It can be hilarious and you get <laughs> win cool prizes. Yeah, I I highly doubt it, but I, I hope that they're at the Phoenix Fan Fusion. That would be awesome. I uh, look, they're not. Because uh, I pulled up their webpage over here at friarsdice.com. And they do have a where they're going to be. Uh, they're going to the Montana Renaissance Festival, the Thornshire Renaissance Festival, and then Salt Lake Fanex. That's so, still cool, though. Yeah. I think they're Utah-based because about half of this stuff seems to be out of Salt Lake. So. Oh, well, here we go. They've got a store online, too. FriarsDice.com. Yeah, they do. And the dice I got, not on there. He was, like, really excited. He's like, ooh, these ones have rounded edges, so they'll just keep rolling. Because sharp edges make them break really hard. But rounded edges, they just keep rolling. And I'm like, cool. You don't got to sell me on them. I already feel like a winner. Oh, wow. They have some really cool stuff here. Yeah, they really do. So Friars Dice, everybody, if you are a dice goblin like I am, because playing D&D &D and collecting dice are two entirely different hobbies. I mean, I'm not even looking at the dice. I'm just looking at the other stuff. Like the class pack is really cool. It's like mm -hmm. a, a chest with like a, a, a big poster thing and a, a, like a cup and a rolly stuff. And yeah, they have rolling cups and stuff. It's yeah. really great. Yeah, mystery set of dice, class journal, calligraphy, pen, and ink, uh, uh, class bag, class mug, class pin, class lanyard, class roller, class name tag, and it includes the chest. I mean, it's a hundred bucks, but you get a ton of stuff in there for it. Yeah, and that's a really nice chest. That is really cool. Mm hmm. Yeah, they had the glasses and stuff, but I didn't see one for dungeon mastering. And then I didn't, even if I had one, I was like, but then I'd have to ship it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ship a glass to bed. No, no, no. You definitely don't want to. Mm -hmm. but yeah, no, even the glasses are really cool. Wow. No, they're really nice. High quality stuff. This is neat stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I'm going to just do a little save this bookmark. There you go. Look at that later. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, anything else uh, that, that you did at that con? Yeah, I met an author named Dahlia Karen. I oh. hope I'm saying that right. Dahlia Karen. Delilah? She, no, D-A-L-I-L-A-C-A-R-Y-N. And she self-published like six of her own books. Hmm. Okay. And some of them are retelling of fairy tales, which I freaking love. Oh, I know. And I love that. So... I was really excited. And she was the sweetest woman, like the genuinely kindest, sweetest. You know, when people are being fake sweet, you can really tell. Oh, but no, course. she was really kind and she explained everything to me and everything. And she was talking about her new books and how she had to self publish because nobody wanted them. And I was like, that sucks. And she's like, I know, but they're really good things. It's not like, poorly written or anything because yeah. I, I i read through it and i'm starting the proper novel which is the first one is the forgotten sister in this trilogy okay it's it's a good like two three hundred page book yeah it's just about 302 pages and 
then her second book and it's it's like boom harry potter in the sixth book of wow and it's like <laughs> you know it's it's like double the size and i'm like dang and she's like yeah i really went hard on that one <laughs> <laughs> Well, but cool. she was really kind, and her book. I'm really excited about reading this book. I've just barely started, but I'm already into it. And yeah, so you gotta appreciate authors who self-publish and work mm -hmm. really hard. Maxis did the same thing. Um, so I know I have autographed copies of his books that I ordered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So just. Oh, she was such a lovely person and really great to talk to. So I'm really glad that I was able to get one of her books. That's awesome. I'm really happy for mm -hmm. you. Yeah. So, oh, just so many fun things. And, you know, there's stuff like there was a Dr. Chaos cosplayer, a kid running around as Professor Chaos with a, <laughs> with a ninja star in his eye. Oh, my and, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Tinfoil. Like, everything was on point with this Professor Chaos. Oh, that's it great. It was so good. And just, like, just so many nice events. I I've got a dragon bracelet. That it's a metal bracelet where the dragon chomps onto his tail. Oh, okay. And I see. Yeah. The guy's gimmick is he makes these things he calls clicks, and they're like studs you snap into his bracelets or the jewelry he makes. And then you can get these in, like, so many different, like, they had Zodiac, and because every voice actor from uh, uh, Avatar. Avatar The Last Airbender, yeah, I kept wanting to say Atlas for some reason, every voice actor from Avatar The Last Airbender was there, except for Mark Hamill. Um, they were all there, and it was, like, the big thing. There were special panels and contests and prizes, so he had, like, every Avatar character, and he had Zodiac, and he had dragons, and he had fairies. It was like, I was really spoiled for choice to pick. Yeah, no kidding. What to get on my little dragon bracelet, and he was cool. He made up, he made light-up hats where the brim lights up, and he had Star Wars hats that would glow with the, that side of the force and such. <laughs> That's you cool. Know, yeah, it was just so many creative people, and that's just, it's barely the surface, but oh my gosh, I could talk about this literally all night, but I don't want to talk your ear off about it. It was just a great experience, and I'm really happy I got so much confirmation from the staff by the end of the first day that they took protecting everyone so seriously. Yes. So I would definitely go back, but... I'm going to write them a strongly worded letter about their parking situation. It was a nightmare. Well, hopefully. We, we ended up circling the place like eight times because they're like, no, we, we let people in as people leave. And it was around lunchtime. But oh. every time we were on the, like, the wrong place at the wrong time each yeah. time. So it actually made more sense for the drivers to go home, call in Uber, and come back. Yeah. And it was yeah, probably cheaper than parking, too. Yeah. Or at least, you know, park a couple blocks away somewhere. And then... There was nowhere. Everywhere. Uh... There were tow trucks also circling, just <laughs> waiting, you know, because we're by a convention center. Yeah. And everything around it was like, you know, stores and mm -hmm. such or or other hotels and they and had signs limits, up half hour limits parking for this hotel parking only. for guests only yeah yeah 
Yeah, there was like a, a Denny's and like I, we almost parked there like fuck, forget it. We'll, we'll just try. There was a tow truck waiting. So if you got out and left, the Denny's were, people were also watching and they'd be like, okay, take these cars. <laughs> and when we were waiting at the end of the day, so many towed cars drove by us. Like, so it wasn't oh, worth bad. the risk at all. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what? Hopefully next year they'll have something sorted out a little bit better or have more spaces open up somewhere else. Because What I know killed they... me is there was a dirt field. A dirt field, and they only let in like 30 cars. And like, that wasn't even a fifth of the size of this dirt field. And I'm like, they must only have a permit for this much parking. Man, the owner of that field could have cleaned up. Really could have. Really could have. Well, you know, sometimes uh, that's, uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. The permit crumbles, man. But like I said, I could literally talk about just things I saw all night. I'm not going to do that anymore. I think I hit the high points. Professor Chaos of Corgi. Cool, cool stuff. And I, I got a, drag- a scaled dragon's egg full of metallic dice, which is like the best thing in the universe. And I made a bo- uh, the guy doing it yell out that my sword was called the Tramp. Nice. After Norm's sword, yeah. I'm like, well, I have a scimitar named Lady. I guess the next one is going to be the Tramp, huh? He just stopped and stared at me like, this person is not for real. But okay. <laughs> so he started yelling about the Tramp I had found. <laughs> Very cool. I mean, if you're going to do it, just go for full throttle yeah, ridiculousness. Lean into it all. Lean into yeah. it all. Yeah. It was so great. Very anyway, cool. I'm going to stop now because seriously, I, I could talk about everything forever. So, okay. Well, okay. Let me give you your options. Um, mm-hmm. I could talk about something that I'm just kind of meh about or something that I'm like wholeheartedly investing time in. I would rather hear about something you're excited about any day of the wor- week okay. than something you are meh about, you okay. know? Well, I mean, going from your energy to meh just doesn't make sense. A- it anyway, doesn't flow, so. man. It's like heartbreak. Yeah. No, okay. let's go. So, for some Ben wants. I well, first of all, the the entire credit needs to go to Nevermore because she turned me on to just a random Shout out thing. Nevermore. Yeah, random thing she saw on TikTok that was kind of funny. I'm like, oh, that's yeah, that, that's funny. Okay, cool. I gotta look yeah. into this because she's like, here's a show you might like. I'm like, okay. So I looked to see if it was streaming anywhere. Is not streaming anywhere until you go to YouTube and full episodes are on YouTube. It is Ooh, a show. Love a free platform called Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. It's a British show. Ooh, already you've piqued my interest. Like, okay. so it's hosted by comedian Greg Davies and like his partner, Alex Horn, who mm-hmm. uh, it turns out Alex Horn is the one who actually created the entire thing, runs the entire thing, does like, like c- figures out what things to do for it and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, oh yeah, I can't host. So he has, I'm not, I, I can't be the party face in this. Yeah, exactly. Guys. I, I just, I, I'm business savvy. I have the ideas, but I can't yeah. execute it so, as well as it deserves. So the whole concept is, is that five British comedians come on and then they have to do random tasks and then they're judged on them and given points. And then by the end of the whole series or it's season, if you're, you know, in America, um, mm-hmm. there's a winner, an overall winner, but the, like each episode has a winner. And then the combined points for the entire season 
they have a winner. Uh huh. So it, it starts off with uh, every single or every single episode starts off with them having to bring something in based off of whatever criteria that they 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 say. So like it might be um, the thing you want to touch the most or whatever. And then so someone, you know, like they're trying to think of creative things that they could do with that. Um, someone went and recreated Greg's like childhood stuffed animal. Um, <laughs> oh, the, oh, so it's not like the thing that the person there wants to touch the most. It's yeah, the thing that the yeah, host cause, yeah, cause would want to touch They're the trying most? to get him to give them the okay, most points. Okay, enticing, so, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, someone also brought a do not touch sign because it's like, oh, it says oh, not yeah. to touch it. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I want to always photograph the no photographs beyond this point signs. Mm -hmm. No exactly. photography here. It's like, I want pictures of that. Yeah. So, it, you know, the, like there's always a task like that. And then whoever wins the sh that episode wins all that stuff. So, you know, five random things that are brought in. So, some, yeah, yeah. Some guy's childhood stuffed toy. You've got it. Yeah. And then um, after that, then they do. Uh, there's like a series of like three or four different tasks or something that they've done um, over the course of like eight months. Mm -hmm. you know, just like it's filmed separately and all that stuff. And then they show the results of, of, of you know, what happened. Um, there's always like kind of random criteria because they have a piece of paper that's like folded and like sealed with wax. Then they open it up and then it, it's whatever the task is. Mm -hmm. And the best part is, is that usually all the information you need is written on the task. So it'll say, give like, you know, rules or stipulations or whatever. And it's something like simple. I'll get mm -hmm. into one of, what one of those kind of is in just a minute here. Okay, good, then, good, good. Then the final uh, task is something that they do in the studio with the live or with the audience, um, mm -hmm. you know, viewing and everything on the stage. And it's always something like really weird and crazy. And then, you know, they're again, they're judged like with whatever they do. Like um, mm -hmm. one of them was, um, with your hands like like bound at your side, put on the sleeping bag, and then like lay on the floor and or no no it wasn't while their hands were bound it was um open up the sleeping bag put it on get your arms through the armholes the hood up salute for five seconds and then put on the second sleeping bag and then you know fastest one wins so like they go ahead and do that and everything. And then the guy who thinks he won didn't actually win. Cause he only saluted for 3.8 seconds as <gasps> opposed to five. Oh, and like, no. yeah. So it's like, you know, this, like they're being, they have yeah, to follow the test exactly. And, and slow down for that. You can't mm -hmm. go one, two, three, four, five. Cause that's not exactly. It. You've got to go one, 1,000 to 1,000. Oh my yeah, God. So, and that's so hard to judge when you're stressed. Exactly. So basically it's oh. all that. So it's, you know, something they bring in a bunch of tasks and then something in, in the studio and then, you know, the, the winner for mm -hmm. the episode and stuff. So some of these tasks are insanely funny and hysterical. And sometimes there's catches. There's, there's ways that people can like outsmart it. Um, mm -hmm. and like kind of change the rules by being like, you know, clever about it. Which mm -hmm. is one of the things that I love about the show is that you can see someone like take a task and then completely turn it on its head and be the winner because they just, they, they followed they interpreted the rules. The rules. Exactly. Sideways. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and um, not in an illegal way. Yeah. So I've got two written down, but I've got to tell you a third one as well. That is phenomenal. So, Okay. Um, the first one is, is that there's five garbage bins like in a row and Alex is hiding in one of them. Um, the others have like, you know, one of them is full of water. Another one has like a bunch of pots of pans and stuff like that. And there's commandments that they have to go by. The idea is um, like a logic puzzle. Yeah. Like on, in Harry Potter. Well, no, no. Hold on. Let me get there. 
Because okay. you're nowhere I'm, close to this. Okay. Wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. So they read the task and it is um, Alex is hiding in one of the bins. You have one guess to figure out the correct one. You have to follow the commandments. And then all of a sudden, like <laughs> drapes open up and it shows the commandments. And like you can hit one bin with a frying pan. You can move one bin. You can uh, look away, open up a bin and drop something in and close it. And like, so it's basically oh, okay. steps yeah, on, it's entirely on what you can different. do. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, yes, Alex is to the left of blah, blah. No, it's nothing yeah. logical like that. Yeah, it's yeah. like weird stuff. Okay. Yeah. I was way off, but I'm really excited about this. Yeah. So. so like, you know, the, the, all the different uh, comedians, I mean, they're doing their own thing and it, mm-hmm. it, like it's, it's shot long times apart. So they have no idea what the other did and stuff until they're on the show and they're reviewing all the footage of all this stuff. Yeah. So like one person goes through and they just this one and they walk up to number two and they say, it's this one, like without doing anything. Then they open it up and it's just water mm-hmm. <laughs> because what they were looking at was they were looking for the bulge underneath the bottom to see mm-hmm. which one had the most weight in it. So that's what they decided that, Oh, this is how yeah, I'm but figure water it out. weighs more than a dude. Yeah. And then yeah. The, the, another funny thing is, is that, mm-hmm. uh, the, so someone went to the one where Alex was hiding in and turned his head, opened it up and dropped the thing in, except it didn't hit him. It went directly all the way through to the bottom. So he didn't know that Alex was actually in there because it just happened to fall all the way down. Yeah. His luck. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's rough. So it's like, you know, that everybody... would me to watch on the playback going, Oh yeah. Oh, that's great. And so like, that's just one of the tests. You know, like I said, weird things and stuff. Mm-hmm. Another one is, um, oh yeah, because the whole setting is is like they have this house with you know a bunch of different rooms and stuff. There's a caravan outside or a, a trailer if you're American, um, mm-hmm. and like a shed, and you know just like they have just access to stuff to help them do things as well, depending on whatever the challenge is. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so second task that I want to talk about is you had to walk into a room, pitch black, except mm-hmm. they had like. Um, glow paints around like these, these uh, containers that were full of paint as well as like, uh, you know, like an outline on the wall and stuff like that. So you kind of get your bearings and then like an outline around like an easel. Mm-hmm. And the the point is, is make the best rainbow. Oh, except wow. they can't tell what color is in the, each of the jars of paint because it's, you know, pitch black in there. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're trying to, trying to deduce and figure out like what color it might be or something like some people sniff it and stuff and thinking that, you know, I, I would, even though, even though green's not going to smell like green, it's going to smell yeah, like exactly. paint. <laughs> so, you know, they, they do that and everything paint and you see all the pictures. And then um, usually what they do is like, they'll pair up showing, you know, one or two people if they have like kind of the same approach to something, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the other two or three of them together or whatever. And then there's always the final one that is either brilliant or the dumbest move in the world. <laughs> So finally on this one, it's the brilliant one last and on the task it said, you know, do the rainbow. You cannot leave the room. So like, okay. So then the guy kind of looks around, finds the light switch, turns the lights on and then paints the, the thing like in order because uh-huh, yeah. it never said don't turn on the lights. <laughs> <laughs> so he totally outsmarted it by following the rules and stuff. Yeah. And I, I bet you when they were writing it, they were like, some of they're going to figure out, you know, oh, it's yeah. either nobody's going to figure it out or you're convinced everybody's well, going to figure it out. Sometimes they give just straight up clues of like, hey, this is the thing that's going like another mm-hmm. one. This isn't the last one I'm going to tell you about. But um, there was nine picnic tables 
each with a bowl flipped over. And underneath there were pink lady apples under five of them. Two of them had green eggs. And then another one had like a a, a hint on something. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, is like all around the area where they were had different like grids with like colors on it that would show you like which what was where. So you knew exactly where the, the apples were if you could see the grid and one person like found that after they had found all the, the, the pink ladies. Cause like they're looking mm-hmm. under and trying to figure it out. Some people just randomly flipping and guessing and stuff. And like, again, it's neat to see how people come to their decisions on stuff. Oh yeah. So, um, again, just one more thing uh, before I get to the final one, I want to tell you about that. I thought was one of the cleverest things done in the show. Um, mm-hmm. there's real weird tasks, like really oh, weird things. Yeah, I'm sure. And you, you, they're comedians. You're doing this for oh, yeah. comedic value. Yeah. But then having them like, like, you know, try to fling an egg 20 feet using like materials found in the shed or something like that. Like, and there's just weird stuff in there. Like it, it's really fun to watch, but mm-hmm. okay. The final task that I just, my mind was just blown by. I thought it was great. So what they're supposed to do is, well, first of all, earlier in the show, there's a task that was, uh, when you hear this alarm, um, run inside, put on a boiler suit, which I guess is like overalls or something, um, or, or coveralls and then lay down on the ground for like two seconds and then get back in, up. And like, that was the task. Mm-hmm. They said, it's going to happen in a future task. So they didn't know when it was going to happen. So the real task was tie yourself up and the longest it takes for Alex to untie you. That's the person who's going to win. So meanwhile, everybody's starting to tie themselves up. Then the alarm happens. So they have to like go inside and put on the suit. But at this point, people had already like started tying themselves up. Yeah. So they had to untie themselves, go inside and grab, you know, do the whole thing, then come back out and stuff. So I'm like, oh man, that, that, that would suck. But yeah. You're being interrupted in the middle. Exactly. So that one was a fun one to watch. And then finally, the final person that they showed was brilliant. And this is a guy who's trying to, to, you know, circumvent the rules in every single episode. So he was always Mm -hmm. just a pleasure to watch. So he's like, okay, so I have to be tied up and he has to untie me and has to take the longest. So what he ends up doing is having Alex sit down in a chair and ties him up. And then the alarm goes off. He's like, what's that noise? Because <laughs> he doesn't remember. <laughs> so then he, he goes and gets the suit and comes out and lays down, whatever. And he's like, okay, fine, whatever. And then continues tying Alex up. So Alex is like just totally tied to this chair. Can't do anything. And then he just puts like a little bit of rope around his wrists just to kind of tie himself up. Right. Mm-hmm, yeah. So then he's the, like. The technical definition of being tied up. Exactly. So then he, he even goes to the point where he puts a bucket over Alex's head and then like puts a top hat on it and stuff. You know, funny stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah. So then it's time for the time to start. And Alex is, you know, dry humor and everything. He's, he gets the bucket off his head and everything. He's like. I'm coming to untie you. And he's like scooting the chair forward and stuff like trying to get to him and stuff and like constantly just trying to squirm and get out of it and, and everything. Then finally the comedian's like, I'm going to go make something to eat. Do you want something? He's like, yes. Uh, what would you like? Something sharp? Cause he's you know, <laughs> to, to get the ropes and everything. Yeah. So I'd have brought him some cheddar. Yeah. But I mean, it, it was just like watching him just completely change and like flip the task on its head was just hysterical. Mm-hmm. But yeah. overall, like there's there's a ton of these episodes. I've gone through like four or five seasons already. Dang. And uh, there's like uh, it, it starts off with uh, eight episodes a season and then goes to 10. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it it's really great. I think I'm on like season 
eight or nine now. I started on three just because random. But yeah, and Skitty, what is going on? But uh, anyways, so Taskmaster Skitty wasn't doing the alarm impression to there make you go. that segment immersive. There you go. But yeah, no. So Taskmaster, you can just, just look it up on YouTube. It's there like full episodes. And uh, I think that the channel is actually just Taskmaster. So, you know, they have their own channel. Great. Yeah, it's tons of fun to watch. Just like hop on in an episode, take a watch. And I'm like, OK, yeah. And of course, I always like, you know, I'm cheering for one of the one or two of the comedians the whole time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who wins because ultimately who wins? The the prize is a replica of Greg Davies head. Uh, as the trophy, like that's what you get. So it's like not even a big prize. It's not a good prize, but it's just a fun thing to watch. It's bragging rights, dang it. And exactly. sometimes the fiercest battles are fought over bragging rights. Exactly. So, yeah, I highly recommend it. I hope you if you do take a look, you enjoy it as much as I do, because it's just fun. Sounds great. Yeah. Like, seriously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, this is why I'd rather hear about you being excited any day of the week. Great. Well, I'm going to crash that really quick mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll 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 throw it back to you to to complete the happiness. Okay. So yeah, just playing more Jedi Survivor. Um, still not super enthused about it. The game's crashed not... a bunch more. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, and then the thing is, is like I'm playing on a PS5, so it's not the hardware. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's an EA that's game. Standardized. So, yeah. Oof. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm finding I'm able to kind of figure out pathing a little bit better because I know last episode I was talking about how I just can't find, figure out where to go. But I'm still spending probably like 60% of my time just looking at the map and mm-hmm. it's a three dimensional map and it's just not great. And so, yeah, just overall it, I know it's for some people that's not exactly my thing. I just like star Wars a whole lot. So I want there to be a, Hey, I'm a Jedi running around game. So once yeah. I'm done with that, I might just go back and play the uh, Jedi outcast games. Cause I don't know. Not the Jedi. outcast. the, uh, the force unleashed games. That's what it is. Uh, those are totally not. Those canon are good anymore. games. But yeah, with with Sam Witwer as the Star Killer and stuff, and mm-hmm. you're crazy with Force powers and stuff like that. Like that's the yeah. that's the the stupid arcadey Jedi stuff that I want to do right now. Yeah, right. Because sometimes the power fantasy is why you play a video game. Mm-hmm. I mean, look in the first game, he pulls a Star Destroyer out of orbit and crashes it. Uh, yeah. yeah, good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. I saw. The math behind the part where um, Darth Vader held back that wall of water. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The math and the pressure that he was actually holding back to achieve that feat makes him one of the strongest beings in probably the universe. Oh, yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Water force. You're fighting against gravity in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I already knew this was going to be amazing. But just just watching him (laughs) and them doing the math behind it, it was like great. It was so great. Oh, man. It's so, so just really quick. Talking about math and gravity and force. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how it popped up in my YouTube algorithm or not, but um, another channel that's popped up is Simon Dan. Great guy. Uh, knows physics, knows math, knows science. Like really great with that. And he spends a lot of time making videos just debunking flat earth stuff. <laughs> and I got to say, if you believe in the flat earth, I'm sorry. I really am. You're you're mistaken. Yeah. But I mean, just all the just the, the the things that I've learned that like their arguments and stuff like that. I'm just like, 
you don't understand the science. Like that's the problem is you don't understand yeah. it. Well, if they understood it, it wouldn't be a thing. Exactly. And like, and the, the, I don't know why people are just always so sure they're right about everything with a high school education yeah. that they did like 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But even more so it's like, yeah, I'm observing this. This is what happens. Like, how come I don't see a curve? How come this and this and this and this and this? It's like, well, the way that the refraction happens with light, with the atmosphere, like this happens and this happens and like mm -hmm. all this other stuff, but even more and, so. And, and the scale's wrong. They're yeah. expecting the scale to that's be so the, much smaller. That's the biggest thing is like they don't understand the actual immense size of everything. They don't understand how physics in space works versus on a planet. They don't believe that gravity is a thing. Like mm -hmm. their entire thing or is Or they that, discount it entirely, but yeah. think it's already accounted for somewhere yeah, and no, it's not. They think that that pressure is what's keeping everything together and stuff but it's like that's not how things go down it's like if pressure mm -hmm. was something like what makes it go left or right or up instead of down it's called gravity it just uh mm -hmm. anyways i'm not gonna rant about flat earthers but it's just it's on my feed i've been watching it a lot and i'm just like i really feel bad for those people and i just wish that they understood the science because once you do it's yeah. just like oh yeah there's no way no way. Yeah. 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 I, I watch this guy who actually debunks all the, the Christians who are like, the earth is only X amount years old oh, yeah. and, and the big plateaus in the desert, the, the American Southwest, they're ancient petrified trees. <laughs> and, and look, you know, it's just, I watch this yeah. guy and he's just always like, uh, he always starts by going and, and he's like, he gets worked up, but this, because this is his life's work, mm -hmm. you know, and they're, they're saying things like, look, this is proof of man. And it's just like, no, it's proof of a bone. You found a bone, good. But it can't be dated in the way method you're using because everybody knows it's wildly. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, so so it's it's just like brilliant. Half-lifes in the periodic table mm -hmm. mean something. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So it's, it's, it's really funny to see people who are really passionate about something just kind of explain everything why and you you kind of learn about more about science and stuff mm -hmm. but i honestly i just feel bad for everybody who falls for conspiracy theories yeah. because i get it they want to be part of something they want to be the smart people in the room yeah. they want to they want to be the chosen few they want their life to like you know mean something beyond mm -hmm. and it's like exactly you can look for all that but you, you you can't decide that's because, you know, the lizard people are running Taco Bell and that's why the bell looks like a lizard eye. You know, it's just like. Oh, I've got the perfect movie for you. The perfect documentary. Oh, uh, it's room. Oh, shoot. Was it room 236 or something like that? It's a documentary about all the different theories about The Shining and about Stanley, Stanley Kubrick's vision and about how this means like every little detail means something and it is amazing it's a fantastic documentary and mm -hmm. like these five or six people just kind of tell their version of of everything of what everything means and like they touch on the same things but they mean different things to them and it is yeah, yeah. it's glorious seeing this stuff because it's like you can see how they come to these conclusions because I've, so many people believe that Stanley Kubrick is just a god among cinema and every single detail, no matter how minute, is there on purpose. It's like, no, that's not how he works. That's not how an, anybody He'd love works. for everybody to believe that. But yeah, you can't actually spend your life doing that because then 
The Shining wouldn't have gotten made. And the way he treated Shelley Duvall, oh, I know. maybe it shouldn't have been made, you yeah, jerk. I'm kind of with you on that part. Definitely. But the book is way better anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. My son loved the book. He, wow, the he book was telling me all fantastic. about it. Fantastic. He also read Misery and was like, did you know this actually happened? I'm like, I, no, I didn't read this book for a reason. You can keep that to you. Yeah, that's one I don't <laughs> want to read because I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah. The movie was hard I've enough. I've seen the movie and I'm like, no. Yeah, like yeah. That, 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 that digs into what I find is some of my actual personal fears. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we're not touching Cool, them. body horror, no. Um, being anyway. trapped. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. Anyways. So, so anyways, Taskmaster, great show. What else mm-hmm. have you been up to? Okay. So I got a copy of Baldur's Gate 3 as a gift. Oh, yay. Yeah, it's still in early access. Everything. It's so funny. The cutscenes are like early access, blah, 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 up in the corner and everything. So in case you forgot, this game's in early access. So I was able to make one of my D&D characters straight up. That is cool. I was able to make a Tifling Sorcerer and, you know, give her the abilities and, and start her off and all of that. I don't know. Her stats aren't the same, but that's because they just use um the basic stats, mm-hmm. you know, da 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 This is what yeah, suggests. I'm array. pretty sure. Yeah, standard array and in the optimum, I'm pretty sure that's going to change because it seemed like it gave me a thing for point buy, but I'm like, I have no points to use. And I'm pretty happy with the standard array overall. So just whatever. Yeah. Point by is just another way of of generating the character. You, you buy points for the levels and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. So it's like you get, everybody starts with like a flat, like 10 or something. Mm -hmm. And then you can deduct and add points from a pool you have over here to, uh, that's what I understand about point by. So, uh, but uh, and a lot of their backgrounds and stuff weren't available. Oh, like, yeah, that makes a big difference. Yeah, some of the some of the stuff wasn't there, and it didn't matter because I used like a custom background anyway for her since she was a farmer. Oh yeah, so I, that I used the custom farmer background for her, and it it it's really cool. Like she don't look exactly like I imagined her, but I mean it's really cool to see a D and D character you imagined up there, and. It starts off with narration, and so there's movie cutscenes, and you're like, okay. But then, as you're going through, it's like, the whatever catches your eye. You know, oh, this thing catches your eye. Passive perception. And, or as, as, you, as you walk into the... No, it's like narration for d and I'll get to passive perception oh, in a okay. minute. But um, as you walk into a room at a certain point, you hear a little voice, and then you go and you investigate the little voice, and then the narration kicks on. It's like, ah. You see, it was a guy, I'm not going to get too spoilery, but it was a guy and there was a thing going on with him mm-hmm. and you had to investigate it. So it, you roll for investigation with dice there in the game and then it tells you how much, what the, what the threshold is and what you've got to beat and all that. And then it'll put your, okay, you're proficient in X, Y, and Z. So you, you also get your proficiency bonus here. And then you get to roll for it. And it's like under your investigation, you see that you could do, you can leave it alone or do A to it. And if you do this thing to it, you're kind of crippling it. But by crippling it in this way, you get to see, you get to make it this thing more dependent on you. 
So it's more subservient to you overall, or you can okay. leave it alone at full strength. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's okay. So I, I did the thing where I make it a little weaker, but it, it's less likely to betray me if it gets the option later. And yeah. And then, then you're, you're walking by and, uh, it's like, you find you run into somebody else, and in this situation, you're trying to escape because that's a great way to start a D and D game. Yeah, of course, is escaping from something, and then you get to be introduced to other characters. So there's somebody else trapped and locked up, and you can investigate this, the the lock and such, and see if you can get them out. And if you can, you gain a new party member. And if you can't, it turns out you run into them later, and their trust in you is severely down because you didn't help. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, it really is. Uh, when I was running around in the game, there was a hidden trap. And I was just running full speed because I, I wanted to know what the heck was lighting up on the minimap. So I wasn't being cautious. But my character's passive perception noticed the trap and was able to dodge it. Because I didn't stop and warn everybody, everybody else had to do their passive. Oh, no. Everybody else failed. And they all got stuck. It was like a bear trap under some dirt. Mm -hmm. And they all got clawed by the bear trap, which doesn't make sense. But, you know, whatever. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, oh, oh, no, I missed it. But uh, and they all got hurt. For and so when we went into the fight, they all were a couple health points down. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I'm at my first little hub area where I'm meeting NPCs and stuff. Three people gave me the same quest, so I'm going to get, like, points with three factions for doing this thing. Nice. Yeah, I know. I saved a little girl from being... Okay, so there was an evil druid, and you know she's evil because she wanted to sick a snake on a little girl. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so, that's a little evil. Yeah, so I managed to talk her out of it because I'm playing a warlock and I have high charisma. That's good. So the family's like, oh, thank you for saving our daughter. And I'm like, yeah, just give me don't money. steal things. Yeah, there's that option where you can say give me money to everybody. <laughs> but you of can also, it, it's like a conversation trees like Fallout too. So I could say this because of my charisma. I can say this because of my intelligence. Or I can say this because I'm a warlock or because I'm a tiefling or because of, you know, whatever yeah. circumstance is going on. That's really so cool. I, I'm really enjoying it so far. It's pretty killer. It's one of those games where you think about all day until you actually can play it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really got me and it's coming out this year. Like it's going to have its full release this year. That's good. Mm hmm. Yeah, I plan on getting it. When they first announced it like forever ago, I'm like, I've never yeah, played any of the Baldur's Gate ago. games. I am really interested in three. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. This is gonna be cool. Yeah. Uh the last Baldur's Gate game I played, it was on the GameCube and it had a rotating slot for for uh for dice rolling. Where and you stuff? saved? No, oh. where you saved. What? So instead of so the last save slot, like I told my Thrax started playing and I said, okay, make sure you watch your save slot. And he was like, I know how to save a game. No, he didn't. Because what it did is he thought I meant if you go three down, make sure you only save three down. 
But instead, what it did is it rotates the last save you make to the top of the list. So his save was three down, but then it was number one in the list. And then he kept going to the three down and saving. So he overwrote my bigger save where I was further in the game. Mm -hmm. We're talking nine, 12 hours in the game. And we had little kids at that point. So this was like months of works yeah. yeah this was months of work he deleted he felt so awful but he's like what the hell kind of you know saving scheme is this yeah and i agree what kind of saving scheme is that why did you do that Baldur's gate you totally wrecked my save game and i never played that game again we sold it the good news is, is that technology has improved to the point where everything is based on profiles now Yes. Which I am happy about. Right? But it's like, who does that? Baldur's Gate did. Baldur's Gate, I think it was Dark Alliance. Yeah. Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance. And I hate, like, he wouldn't play it because he felt bad for deleting my stuff. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to play it because I'm not starting over again with all that stuff. And two little kids who weren't even in kindergarten yet. So, yeah. Yep. Not a shot. Not Not a a shot. shot They wrecked it. They wrecked it. But it became a thing where we started asking, okay, what kind of save system is this? We never saw that in another game again. And yeah, I agree. That shouldn't have been there. Yeah. No, especially in an RPG. Yeah. Right? Does not make sense. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Baldur's Gate, I really love it. You get to roll the dice and feel like you're in control thing. But if you fail, you fail. There is no let me try again. There is no somebody else in the party is going to try. It is you. Kind of like real D&D, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So I ended up killing one of the characters that's on all the loading screens. Oh, no. Well, I thought it was de-escalating the situation. I was not. Oh, no. Yeah, it was a very, very Norm the Bard moment where, you know, they they captured this person and true, she had left me to die. So, I mean, I wasn't exactly kindly disposed toward her, but what I wanted to do was uh, let her out and tell the, the other two people who had trapped her, let her uh, to go away because I'll handle this and blah, blah, blah and Mighty Warrior. So I thought that was the conversation we were having it was not the conversation oh, we it were was having. I'll handle this snicked. It was I'll handle this. Okay, we'll back you up. Oh no. And then it's like, who are you going to kill? The innocent bystanders or the person who left you to die? And so I of course went with the innocent bystanders are going to live. Yeah. 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 Good call. Yeah, so then I uh, killed her and looted her corpse. Anything good? Oh, yeah, some really good armor, uh, a good sword, but nobody uses swords yet in the team. So Mm. you get to handle everybody's inventories and stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. And you get to give people things that make sense for them to have. Like, I somehow ended up with three set of thieves tools, but then I met a rogue and I'm like, here, just take these. I don't need them. Because when I try to use them, it goes bad because I'm a warlock. Yeah, I can see where that might be an issue. Like, unless you get proficiency with them or proficient with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm not going to do that. Exactly. You're going to warlock stuff. I'm going to warlock everything. That's really cool. The It's like a top-down perspective, but it looks like a gaming map when you are um, 
in combat. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's suddenly like, oh, the everything's animated, but it's also like looking at a game map, like on uh, Dimension Twenty does that sometimes mm-hmm. and stuff. But it's it's all completely animated, and you know, if you cast fireball, you're gonna see a fireball. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, very cool. I'm glad you're enjoying that. I oh yeah, it's wait for it to really out. fun. It is really fun. I don't blame you because apparently, you know, every time they do a big patch or something, people lose their progress in the game and stuff like that. It's oh, yeah. really accessy. So, yeah, I'm and definitely I give not you Goliath player. Bard because it's all stuff that's just in the player's handbook. Yeah, that's the PHP. Yeah, so. Goliaths aren't in there. No, no, they're in Xanathar's. And so are blades or swords bards. I always call them blades bards because I like the alliteration. I don't see why they didn't go that way. Maybe they wanted less vampire hunters who were also half vampire. Then that's Gloomstalker Rogue. Well, no, I'm saying blade specifically. Oh, it was a bad joke. A I shouldn't have that said it. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't get that at all. That's yeah. no, no, it was it was a miss on both both our parts you th- you threw it to me but i expected like a soda yeah. and you instead you were trying to play catch so yeah. so when he tried to drink it it just did not work it didn't work man and then it bonked me in the forehead yeah so <laughs> but yeah i'm really having fun with this game Good. i'm really excited to see where the adventure goes and if i have to restart uh when the game launches i'm i'm actually okay with that well guess what if that mm-hmm. happens, you know what not to do by killing off a main character who's on all the loading screens. Yeah, yeah, I know how to do that, but it's like she's kind of mean anyway. So it's like uh, maybe you can turn her around. Maybe, I, but I've also got this guy who's like just it, it has this very Fallout system where it's like so and so will remember that so and so likes you more, you know. And yeah. this one guy I have my he doesn't like anything I do, and I just looked at him and I went. You're a vampire. Like, I didn't know anything else. I didn't know anything about him. He, he he tries to, like, trick you, and I see through it, like, immediately. I was just like, perception. Yeah, you don't see what he's talking about. So I went, okay, have fun with that. And he was like, hey, wait, that's me. I'm like, I'm not here <laughs> to be nice. So, nice. well, I am here to be nice because my character is very nice, but it's like, I'm not putting myself... I, there's a cliff right there. I'm not dumb. Come on. And I just looked at him for like 0.4 seconds. I'm like, you're also a vampire. And I don't think I want to hang out with you. And he ends up joining my party anyway. And I'm just like, every time I do something, he's like, oh, didn't like that. Oh, didn't like that. I'm like, let's see how this you may like not being be set on fire. Yeah, this may not be the game for you, sir. Maybe you're at the wrong table because <laughs> this is not the adventure I want to have. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of adventures you're having, though. Uh-huh. Guys, we had an emergency. Well, not really emergency, but a continuation of a D&D game on a Friday. Yes. The next week on a mm-hmm. Friday. Which it's good that we stopped when we did because, yeah, that, that fight took a few hours. Yeah, that was a long fight. So we were going for the boss battle so my character could do her big thing in the current arc. Which is get her her god MacGuffin, mm-hmm. which was nice. Uh, uh, but the fight beforehand, 
Ben actually stopped and pulled one of those Final Fantasy XIV Shiv R things where he's like, a series of cutscenes is going to play. <laughs> Make sure you have time. He's like, hold on. This fight's going to be hard, you guys. Uh, and we only have an hour left to play. We're like, oh, so it's going to take longer than the last combat? And he's like, well, the last combat, it took us how long? Probably like two hours. Two hours to get through some trash on the way. And, and we were like, okay, yeah, no. Because people were tired. It was getting late. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we found that the best time to play again before June 10th was the next Friday just to handle this fight. And we were fighting for... Our Okay, I want to say we were fighting for our lives for those few hours we were playing. You but were. But my board was carrying around a tree sloth. No, you threw him in the toilet pretty fast. Yeah, okay, so there was two giants in the room. I didn't think I could make the boss turn into a tree sloth immediately. So I just turned the other guy into it. Just, let's just make this as easy as we can. Is always my, my uh, perspective when going in as a bard. Like, mm -hmm. how can I make this situation easier exactly. for everyone? Which is how, so, what a bard needs to think. Yeah. So I turn the other guy and I'm like, I'm going to polymorph this guy. And I'm trying to think of what to polymorph him into. Right. And my mind is like, seriously, like, okay, I can do a kitten, but a kitten can definitely get in the way mm -hmm. and, and pop out of the polymorph again. And I don't want to spend the entire fight with him getting two swings in on everybody and then being taken out for him to get two more swings. And, you know, a bird is the same problem. A rat is the same problem. I didn't want a tortoise because I wanted to be able to handle him easily. Mm -hmm. And tortoises are actually pretty uh, dynamic in what they can do. They're not as slow all the time as you'd think. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can't turn him into a rock. So it finally pops into my head. Tree sloth. Mind you, this is all happening over five seconds. All this panic and searching my mind for something. Tree mm -hmm. sloth. I turned him into a tree sloth. And he failed to save verily. Yes, he, he it's like he want it's it's like his life's dream was to be a tree sloth the way he failed it. It wasn't an at one. <laughs> no, it was it was pretty but, low though. But it was low enough that it's like, was your secret dream in your heart of hearts to be a tree sloth, sir? So then I see a toilet on the map. I'm like, Ben, is that actually a toilet or is it a flavor? Because sometimes these map things you get, yeah. you just, they just autofill with flavor. Yeah. And he's like, no, that's a toilet. And so I tried to cram the tree sloth down the toilet, but it turned out to be one of those commode things, which is just, you know, it's a chair with a hole in a bucket. Mm -hmm. So... But he was he pretty much out of commission. Yeah, he crawled out pretty quick Slowly. for a tree sloth. And I mean, he, and, he was going to attack you. And yeah. because you kept moving, it never really happened. No, it never did. And then I then I created this big illusion. So everybody's really fighting for their lives. And I'm throwing out heels when I can. I'm doing what I can to make it easier for everybody. Mm -hmm. Our but, cleric shot a really good uh, guiding bolt, which mm -hmm. knocked the shield loose from the, the big bad guy's uh, hands. And it was on the floor next to me. And it's it's a big shield. I'm half mm -hmm. giant. He's full giant. Man, this shield was to his size because he was attuned to it. So I used my uh, programmed image to make it look like 
the ground if he were to make a move toward the shield the ground was going to open up and look like it swallowed it mm -hmm. and i was like cool if he fails his intelligence check which i was really banking on here um if he could see through it, if he makes an intelligence check consciously and tries to see, but it's like his action for the turn or something, mm -hmm. and the illusion lasts for like ten minutes, and then you, you can it it will reset. So boom, his shield's gonna be there again. And uh, oh, but if he made another move, it was gonna look like the ground swallowed up. By then, it's obviously an illusion. Yeah, and uh, so, either you or him would not last 10 minutes. So, no, not 10 minutes. Yeah, the way the so, fight was going, it, yeah. By the time that um, it, it got to the point where he's like, I need the shield back, he was so, well, one, impressed with all the stuff that you guys had done. But even more so, he was tense and worried and was looking for a way out. So mm -hmm. as soon as he saw that shield disappear... He didn't even try to figure out if it was real or not because he'd seen you turn someone to a sloth. He'd seen a little tiny paladin woman just slashing the crap out of him. He's seen mm -hmm. a, a sorcerer throwing stuff. He's seen the, the, the dragon appear out of nowhere. I mean, he's seen so much stuff. He's like, yeah, they could bury my shield. Like, he didn't even take yeah. a second thought about it. Yeah, yeah, and which is what I was counting on. he tried to get out of there. But then the sloth started heading to where the illusion was. I don't know if he was just trying to make a beeline toward me and he just veered too close. But if he broke the illusion by making, by like brushing against the shield, it, it, he could hear it. This wasn't like, you know, a phantasmal force or anything where I was making, where his brain would correct for anything. Yeah. This was just an illusion. But so, it stayed because, I mean, again, he was so distracted with. I need to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Even though they're on the plane of Isgard. And if he died, he'd come back the next day. So I yeah. wonder why he was so worried about dying. Yeah, me too. It's almost like it was us. You know, because we were mortals on this uh, realm of the undead. So if we died, we would permanently be assigned to this realm. If you were rezzed there. Yeah, if if the sun came up and resed us. Now, if if our paladin or not our paladin, our our cleric had resed us, there was a good chance that no, that wouldn't happen. But we didn't want to take that chance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you guys did pretty so, good. Although I do have to say, I did have to kind of toss out there. Hey guys, this guy's really hard. If you have any hard hitting things, now's the time to use it. Yeah, yeah. No, I was using everything I could, but I also had to move that sloth several times. Yep. Yeah. But at the same time, I knew a lot of people were trying to do their best to to handle things as opposed to just pumping in damage into the bad guy. Yeah. Which, I mean, there are there's strategies where stuff like that works, but sometimes you just need to let loose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And with how hard he was hitting, <clears throat> this was one of those times. Yeah. Yeah. So... Like, Paladin never holds back, though. Oh, no. Never holds back. And the cleric always matches that energy. So, mm -hmm. exactly. so that's. Although he had his hands full healing, because. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this giant, he, he was no joke. No, he really wasn't. I'd have to say, though, that my. Uh, besides running around with a poop covered sloth mm -hmm. um, and trying to keep it away from my illusion so he didn't break it, because I knew if he picked up that shield. Again, we were in for it. Like, that was, it was going to prolong the fight. 
Yeah, he was using that thing to knock people prone left and right, getting advantage mm-hmm. on his attacks. Yeah. I mean. It was a good shield. He, he, had, he, he had really, really knew really, how to fight with it. He had a really good plus to his attack anyway, but yeah. the chance to get a, a crit, which happened a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But so, overall, you guys did defeat him. I was so proud of it. Yeah, but, but, but my favorite thing that I did besides the poop sloth. Yes. Would happen to be, he gives this grand dramatic speech when we get there. It's not like monologuing or anything, but he's like, oh, you you fools, how do you want to die? This is not your day. How dare you challenge me in my sanctum? And he was, but he was speaking in giant, not common. Mm-hmm. And so I just looked at our paladin and I said, wow, he asked you how you stuffed that ass into that armor. <laughs> okay metagaming they all knew what he actually said but they laughed so hard and and you know i didn't need to goad on the paladin i really don't paladin sees a target paladin's going for the target it's just like great it's not an issue for her i didn't need to motivate her to do anything but but the butt insult came up a few more times during battle you know yep every time he (laughs) talked Mm mm-hmm Oh, yeah. They just assumed he was talking mad smack when he's like, actually, like, you fools, you know not what you have done or who you're dealing with. <laughs> and they just assumed he was talking more smack about him because I, that's the scene I said. Mm-hmm. And even though the players knew what he said, the characters, I really enjoyed watching their reactions. Like, everybody stopped when I translated. <laughs> like, it's good stuff. <laughs> definitely good stuff it really was but man that that was a hard one fight like really tough yeah i i said that things were gonna get harder and mm-hmm. i i'm not holding back anymore you guys are level 13 now mm-hmm. and you need to have <laughs> some hard stuff come not everything's yeah, gonna definitely. be super hard but i mean no no, because we, we are living the power fantasy, and that's part, like we've discussed with the Jedi games, that is part of the fun. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you enjoy not only watching us uh, play the power fantasy, you know, where mm-hmm. we've leveled up. I love we've watching you succeed. Weapons. Great. Yeah, but, it, you know, it's also... Uh, it's also fun for you to see how we we fill in this world, mm-hmm. and you don't want it to be a meat grinder because it's just not fun. No, for exactly. Us. I, I think for the most part we have a, a decent uh, balance between RP and combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, the good thing is is that um, after this campaign, when we go into Spelljammer, we are actually going to have a, a real honest God session zero and talk about things and kind of figure things out and stuff beforehand so that we can really kind of dial in to see what everybody wants. So yeah. that's, uh, it, it'll work, you know, to everybody's favor because, you know, for the most part, everybody seems to be having a good time right now. And I'm very mm-hmm. happy about that, but it it's going to give us a chance to really kind of hone in and find out what everybody's really enjoying the most and what they want yeah. more. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, in the meantime, though, I'm having so much fun with this campaign and knowing where <laughs> it's kind of going and stuff. I'm, I'm getting pretty stoked. There were like six points guys in, in the five where we were like, and this is how we got to spell jammer. This is how <laughs> we all died because it, that guy was not an easy fight. Like mm-hmm. you'd think, oh, one giant in a giant's room. How hard could it? It was. It was hard. It was mm. so hard. Yep. And now I'm looking forward to what's next. 
Because mm-hmm. you all are going to the nine circles of hell. Yeah, because we weren't there before. Nope. We were just in a volcano. Yep. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I've got a lot of work to do on that. But uh, mm-hmm. well, we all have a like I said, June 10th is our next game. So oh, it's yeah. not like exactly. It's not like oh, it's I've Friday. Time. I've got time. Yeah. Although June. Oh, my gosh. June is so full of stuff for me. Like I think every weekend in June, I have stuff on almost every day, like Saturday and Sundays. Just, yep, that's it. Well, yeah, it's summertime. People want to socialize more. There's a lot of big events, family things that pop up out of nowhere. So, yeah. Yep. But good news is that uh, at least next session is going to be discussing what you guys do in your week long downtime. And uh, I'm excited. Don't forget you have homework. No, I've already messed with my character sheet and everything. No, you have more to do. You need to figure out what you're doing in that week. Yeah, I know. It's a week. It's going to be very, very busy for, for my bard. It's yes. it's actually, I've already got a pretty good idea of everything she's going to be doing. Good. And it, it's a lot. That's good. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. But speaking of a lot, uh, this show has covered quite a lot. Yes, and, it has, but uh, we're excited. Yep. And I am very thankful for everybody who came with us on this adventure today. So with that being said, I think it's time to pull up those drawbridges. Yeah, we need to work on our box fort ACs a little bit. Yeah, it's still kind of warm in here. But mm-hmm. anyways, um, so if you enjoy this episode and you want to hear more about our crazy shenanigans and things that have happened previously, you can go to boxfortshow.com and listen to every single episode, as well as wherever you're listening to this episode. Hey, guess what? You can find all the other episodes there as well. Yeah, we're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on just about anywhere. The stuff you'd think we would be. Yep. Uh, if you want to hear Ben talk more about Dungeons and Dragons, he plays. Is your game still going on yep. or has it? Oh, yeah. Okay. In fact, we just played last night. Yes. He plays a bard on plus five to hit. That's how he knows how to be a bard so well. Yep. He also discusses D&D from not only the players, but the dungeon master's perspective and how to make games more fun for everybody on D&D discussions. Yes. So Ben is great. He is cool. People well, want to hang out with him. Well, it's really neat. Other people do too. I mean, or you wouldn't people. be on other shows. I mean, true. Some other people want to. Yes. But anyways, okay. um, if you're looking for us and want to know more about kind of what's going on, uh, you can follow us for the time being on Twitter. Um, the show is at Boxwort Show. If you're looking for Eluder, she's at Eluder's Pets. I am at Ben Bumhofer. And uh, reach out. Say hi. Let us know what's going on. Yep, because we're there. Exactly. Uh, for now. <laughs> yep. Who knows what's going to happen in the future, but for now we are there. Yes. Um, that being said, though, again, everybody, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Boxford and Luder. It is always a pleasure. Yeah, it really is, Ben. You're one of the best people I know. Oh, thank you. You're pretty cool, and too. And cool listeners. Yes. You're all pretty cool and best persons I know. Exactly. So that means until next time, everybody, be good to each other. Thanks for listening.